Hey, thanks for downloading this podcast. If you want to listen live, be sure to download the iHeartRadio app and search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Thanks for listening and enjoy the show. You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. We're midway through the week on Fantasy Sports today. It's a waiver wire Wednesday. Some intriguing names at the running back position to pick up. We'll get you all through it and also help you for those of you who are headed to the fantasy football playoffs as fantasy sports today starts now. Fantasy sports today. Toward the end zone. It is Seattle's going to the Super Bowl. Fires up the middle. Pass is caught by Owens. Owens made the catch. And good afternoon. Welcome in Fantasy Sports Today. The NFL players are back on the practice field, and Joe and Craig are back here on the show. Follow Joe on Twitter at JoePizzaPS17. Follow me on Twitter at Craig Mish. Sean Guastamaki, as always, producing the show. You're listening to us live on the iHeartRadio app, on the FNTSY radio app, or wherever you hear your podcast, you can listen to us on demand 24 hours a day, seven days a week, as we're one day away from the Colts and Texans, and we'll get into that game as well. And Joe, we are just two weeks away for most people for the fantasy football playoffs and virtually in every format. There's going to be some sort of fantasy football playoffs playing out here in week 13. We got Thanksgiving coming up next week, which is really a do or die for a lot of uh, people who are playing in fantasy sports. And then, of course, there are some leagues that have those bye weeks where you don't play in week one uh, of the playoffs. If you're a top seed, a first seed or a second seed, then you have these wacky leagues where everybody makes the playoffs. But I think it goes without saying that there are some people right now at the top in their fantasy football league, and there are some people at the bottom. And for the people at the bottom, of course, in a redraft league, we would encourage you to uh, basically keep the thing ethical, play to the end, try to win, set a lineup at the very least, even if you're one, 2 and 9 or whatever your situation is and you're done, at least set a lineup. And of course, if you're 0 and 11 or 1 and 10 or 2 and 9, 3 and 8, 4 and 7, you're done. We get it. It's unlikely that you have a lot of points and you're 4 and 7. It's just, it's probably not realistic. But Joe, what I'd like to speak to here at the beginning of the show are the people who are headed toward the fantasy playoffs. And I know in one of my leagues, I am headed toward it. And my job isn't really looking for moves today. It's looking for moves and matchups for week 14. And I wonder what kind of advice you would give to people who are getting ready to play out. So good afternoon. And that long little diatribe welcomes you into the show as well. <laughs> yes, it does. It does welcome uh, me. I, you know, it's funny. I know a lot of people like to look ahead. And, and you should, especially for defenses, because sometimes there's matchups when you see teams that have quit. And you see, hey, there might be a couple matchups here and all of a sudden where your bench doesn't mean as much at this point in the season as much as it does perhaps for a defensive spot as it does other things. If you've got your best lineup and your best lineup is the one you're putting out there probably most weeks now outside of maybe a flex spot where you move some people in and out for matchups. It's defense where you can actually, depending on your scoring, pick up some little pieces here and there. And, and you see on a weekly basis, more teams kind of start to fall out of it and more teams kind of fold up the tents and go away. So it's actually defense where you might be able to pick up an extra one and play the matchup in week 14 and then switch them out in week 15 and kind of mix and match with those. And you might get, I'll, I'll give you, for instance, like the Browns, a defense that probably most people don't want to necessarily get out there and play, but week 14, they play the Bengals, right? Yeah, that's, 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 that's that. a good spot. So, yeah. so this is the time to be picking those things up. You don't want to wait. You want to be proactive. I always say that too. You always want to be proactive, not reactive. Cause you don't want to spend that much money if you have to. Now, granted, we're in a spot here where towards this point in the season, 
a lot of people have checked out of fab or waivers too. So you made a good point too. If you're out of a league, set a lineup. If you don't want to put in for waivers and everything, just set your lineup. And most sites now, you can set your lineup going forward like week after week after week. So just make sure you got healthy players in there. You got players who aren't on buys in the next couple weeks. And just, you know, make sure everyone's in and you're not putting up a zero at a spot. I think that's the very least you can do. But we've also seen situations can turn on a dime when a quarterback goes out or you lose a big offensive lineman or you lose a big defensive player. All of a sudden, a matchup that looks good a couple weeks from now does not look good when you get there. So get your players healthy. Make sure you are not being fancy. Put your best players in your lineup going forward here because you want to live and die with those guys. I know Odell Beckham's been infuriating, but he's got Miami this week. You got to keep rolling them out there. The targets are coming his way. I think that's the best advice I can give. And look early for defenses. Now, try to take advantage of some of those matchups because your bench is not nearly as important in the playoffs as, you know, at, at this point in the season because most of the time we're past most of the buys. So now when you have the playoffs, you're able to actually use those secondary defenses and mix and match, and that is how you maximize those points, and that can be the difference maker. Yeah, and, and by the way, for those of you who were playing in 12-team leagues with teams that have had struggling quarterbacks all season long and they have checked out, as you mentioned, uh, that's another position where you can take advantage of that in week 14. And look, if you have Lamar Jackson, it doesn't matter. If you have Patrick Mahomes, it doesn't matter. But to give you a perfect example of uh, one league that I'm in with a partner and he is like, wow, like, are we going to continue to roll with Tom Brady? And I'm like, you know what? That's a really good question. And we have Winston there, too. And so I looked at the matchups. Brady's matchup this week, not great. Brady's matchup next week, not great. And then I sent him a screenshot and said, but look what we have coming up in week 14. We got the Kansas City Chiefs. So, you know, certainly the next couple of weeks we could play whoever, but we ain't going to cut this guy because we're looking at playoff matchups already. And I think that's kind of something else that you can do. Another uh, team that seems to be struggling a lot on defense that uh, that you wouldn't think normally is, is the Dallas Cowboys. They can't stop anybody on defense. And so you can start to take a look ahead to them in week 14 and the Arizona Cardinals and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And, and, and even just by stashing some of these guys if you have some dead roster spots there's nothing wrong with waiting on that especially if you know for sure that you're in the fantasy football playoffs because at this point that's what you're doing you're just basically in a a super bowl league every week and that's all it is you win 14 you win 15 you win 16 and you're done and i think there's a lot of people out there who are hoping for that situation so that's something obviously that we can as we get forward we can really touch on for sure and and continue to discuss and as far as uh you know, today joe we're going to get some news as far as injuries are concerned in the nfl i know it hasn't really been a Huge week, but we'll talk about some of the transactions that we've made in some of our fantasy leagues. One of the interesting notes that I saw yesterday, which really is something that didn't need to be said. I honestly don't need to know how this even happened. But two weeks ago, we were talking about Leonard Fournette of the Jacksonville Jaguars being a potential top 10 pick in fantasy or a first round pick. And they completely went away from this guy, both in London and even this past week. And then uh, Doug Marone basically said that it was his job as and, and didn't do a good job to give Fournette the ball more. Uh, very rarely will I believe something that a coach says, but this just makes a lot of sense. And I think that for those oh, people yeah. who may be giving up on Fournette a little bit, I would hold tight here because he looked fantastic through the first nine weeks of the fantasy season. But Joe, uh, he's you know he's had these seasons where he's gone two or three games like a dud, and he's kind of going through it right now. Hopefully he'll bounce back. They got to give this guy more carries. I don't know what they're thinking. No, they they absolutely will. And and just like the Tyler Boyd thing we talked about yesterday, there being a massive overcorrection. There's going to be a massive overcorrection for Fournette, too. And I think it was probably a little bit of the excitement of getting Nick Foles back last week that fed into it. 
And I can understand that. You know, you got your quarterback healthy. Okay, let's throw the football. Let's be more aggressive and all that stuff. Plus, game script got away from them a little bit. But you can also argue, hey, maybe if you ran the ball with Fournette, maybe game script wouldn't have gotten away from you all that much. So it's kind of a double-edged sword there. But I would not worry about Fournette. I would definitely look for the bounce back. He never comes out of your lineup. And that's another guy, too, yesterday when we were talking about that full-point PPR. He is right there in the beginning of that second round. I mean, look how much he's caught the football this year. That is a, a big change for him. And if that trend continues under Foles in the next couple of weeks, I think he's right at that turn conversation with Chris Carson. Yeah, he uh, very surprising to me. I was not in on Fournette at all and and thought, wow, OK, like this is somebody I should have taken another look at kind of in the Derrick Henry mold in Tennessee. Meanwhile, uh, the Vrabel's done a really good job of having Henry very heavily involved in every game, no matter what Tannehill does. And Jacksonville, unfortunately, really cost them the last couple of weeks with Minshew and even with Foles. Yes, they, the game did get ahead of them a little bit, but it wouldn't have got that far ahead of them. And remember, all you got to do is be down by one possession with three minutes to go in any NFL game and you can win. I mean, that's the simplistic way of saying it, but it's true. And it happens a lot in virtually every game in the NFL. All right. Every day we do the opening drive that's coming up next right here on Fantasy Sports Today. You'll want to stay tuned. We've got Waiver Wire Wednesday coming up as well. Craig Mish and Joe Pizapia here with you on FNTSY Radio every day from noon to 2 Eastern. And we'll take a quick time out. We'll be back with giving you some of the latest news and notes from around the world of fantasy, the world of reality, and everything else right here on FNTSY Radio. Craig Mish, Joe Pizapia, and we're back in just a couple of minutes. Don't go away. DailyRoto.com. Learn from the game's best DFS players. We don't just give you premier advice. We play every day. All major sports, all year round, we never stop. Industry-leading DFS tools and custom projections. And now, the DailyRoto.com Optimizer. In minutes, build an optimized lineup for cash games and tourneys. Learn from the game's best DFS players. Join DailyRoto.com. Then he pivots, fakes, chucks the big bomb halfway down the field to our hopefully still wide open tailback. I call it Fantasy Sports Today with Craig Mish and Joe Pizapia. Fantasy Sports Today presents First Play from Scrimmage, The Opening Drive. The first play of the game. And welcome back to Fantasy Sports Today. Craig Mish and Joe Pizapia back with you here on the show. It is the opening drive for November the 20th, 2019. One week from now, Joe and I will be licking our chops for Thanksgiving. Just a programming reminder. Although, Joe, you can catch over at the FanDuel Sportsbook on Pluto TV and Zumo TV and SportsGrid TV. Uh, our radio show is off for Thanksgiving Day and the day after Thanksgiving. So I will be enjoying the holiday and enjoying whatever comes after the holiday. But for TV-wise, we continue on, especially on game day on Thanksgiving over at the Meadowlands. Okay, so let's start off with the opening drive. The first story of the day is the worst story of the day. Mark Walton, running back of the Miami Dolphins, who I, I hate to say that I saw this coming, but uh, I've been very clear on him all season long. This is a bad dude. He was cut by the Bengals, had problems with the Bengals, suspended, had problems with the Dolphins. And uh, look, you never want to predict something like this to happen where he gets arrested for hitting his girlfriend, his pregnant girlfriend, nonetheless. But uh, I very rarely will throw some kind of moniker on someone or hot take on someone and we'll let due diligence do its course here. But indeed, if convicted of what they are, of he's being accused of here, this is a scum of the earth individual, Joe. I'm sorry. Like, oh, this yeah. Is just, this is just 
you know, I mean, it's I, as bad as it gets, man. I did never like this guy going into the year, and now even more so. I, I hope this guy, if if convicted, and we want to do due diligence here, of course, and we want to give this guy uh, his right to to go to court and all that. But um, yeah, I, I don't. I would not want to see this guy touching a football ever again if convicted. No, no. Um, you you were very very pro whenever I brought up that name. Is like, well, maybe he's the default guy. You kept saying, nope, nope, nope. And this is why. And this is why. You know, character is not a statistic. But it does kind of matter, doesn't it, at the end of the day? You know, if a guy's not playing. I remember the Milton Bradley days. Remember Milton Bradley, who was a I had a liability in fantasy, yeah. Uh-huh, yeah. A liability. You never know he was going to get off and uh, get hurt or get suspended or be crazy. And um, look, these things just happen. Uh, it, it's, it's, part of, it's part of, unfortunately, the athletics landscape now. And it has been for quite some time, despite uh, all the attention that is heaped upon it every time one of these incidents happen. It doesn't seem to dissuade anybody. At least it doesn't seem like it. But it is one of those things when you are looking at fantasy commitments to players, it's something to consider. And and it's also on the flip side, too, the high character guys, the guys that, are, you know, you didn't get extra points for Derek Jeter's hustle, but you kind of did. And I'll tell you why, because he's the guy that, you know, would leg out that ground ball in the infield and get on base. And then he would, you know, somehow get the third base. And next thing you know, he scores a run. And those extra two points could win you a week. And it's those kind of players where they have that little gear inside them. They have that high caliber, high drive, high hustle kind of factor in them and they're good guys and you know they're going to be out there giving you everything they got it does kind of matter a little bit and the and the adverse is, is the inverse is the adverse it is really bad it's terrible when you see these things and hopefully um like you said due diligence happens but uh, i think this guy's probably done in the league as well yeah he's facing a year-long suspension if if convicted of this he's already gotten a four-game suspension which he's serving right now and my guess is that you don't see him ever again or if you do it's 2021 on a complete reclamation project of some kind all right, second down, uh, Rob Manfred at the owners' meetings. Now, remember, the GM meetings were last week. Now they have the owners' meetings, and the winter meetings are coming up in three weeks. Rob Manfred, the commissioner of Major League Baseball, says that the Houston Astros could be hit hard, potentially, Joe, with some sort of sanctions based on what they end up finding. I don't think that there's any question that something is going to happen. The story just keeps getting worse and worse every day. You got the Internet sleuths now pulling up all kinds of video and audio and everything else. What do you think here, Joe? I mean, to what extent does this happen? They're talking about... Uh, Jeff Luno having some sort of, uh, you know, possible involvement in this or suspension or whatever. I mean, I can't believe it. And I know Jeff well. I'm very disappointed to hear all this stuff. What kind of hammer is going to be dropped here on this? And, you know, man for Manfred to say that yesterday leads me to believe that something more than I thought was going to end up happening here. And I don't know. This it, it just doesn't seem to bode well. This may go beyond draft picks, Joe. Well, look, it feels like draft pick at the very least now, doesn't it? Wouldn't you say? that's? I don't think they will have a first round pick this year. Nope. No, so that we're in agreement there. I think that's going to be number one. Number two, I would expect an organizational fine. I think it's difficult to find all the players. Like I, I just feel like that starts to get a little wacky. Like, well, who is doing it? How much? And all that stuff. I think you, I think the organization takes the heat. And unfortunately, or I don't know. I mean, you look at it. They got their World Series, and they had another World Series appearance. They've had some good baseball. And they filled the ballpark. So, you know, money's money to these organizations. And you know, they'll pay the fine, whatever it is. But the draft pick, like you said, really hurts them the most. I think it's definitely the draft pick. If it's draft pick for two years, that would be really bad. That would that would be a lot. First rounder for, you know, 2020 and 2021. Oh, yeah. mm-hmm. But it seems like they're going to really put their foot down here. Do you think do you think that's appropriate at this point? I mean, now that we've gotten more information on the subject, do you feel like that a one draft pick for one, you know, first round is not enough? Do you think one, you know, 50, you know, 20 million dollar fine is like I don't even know what the number is. Neither do I. And that's a very big number. I don't think that would happen. But yeah, I, I don't know. I, I don't. Is it is it a twenty five million dollar fine? Oh yeah, for a team? That's a, oh yeah, that's, a, that's for an organization. Oh yeah, a million is a huge fine for an organization. Yes. Okay, yeah. So, 
Uh, hundreds of thousands is usually the fine. It's, it doesn't really go beyond that. So, uh, look, I mean, they already, for a, a separate incident, let go of their assistant general manager. And I'm wondering if he's involved in this or if he's going to talk to MLB or exactly what's going to happen here. I, I don't know the answer, and I don't want to predict because I'm not really sure. But I think that we've hit the minimum here. Yeah, I think I think that they're going to lose their first-round pick. My guess is there's probably more picks. The other thing that has been discussed is they would lose the international bonus money, which would prevent them from mm. being able to sign any international free agents at all, which is a huge thing. I mean, this is the, you know, 60% of the league is international free agents, which would mean they get none. This happened also to the Atlanta Braves. Remember, they fired their general manager, John Coppolella, too. So, look, I'll reserve the final judgment for the commissioner, but it certainly seems like more is going to happen than we initially anticipated. So we'll just have to wait there. Third down, back to baseball here. The Braves are really the hot stove winners. Three days in, Joe, like a weekend. The Braves are the hot stove winners. They signed Chris Martin, who did very well for them when he came over from Texas last year. Two years, $14 million. They've now given him and Will Smith a lot of money, and they've built this bullpen with Martin and Will Smith and Melanson, who eh, I'm, if, I'm iffy on a little bit, and also Shane Green, who was excellent last year for Detroit. Green was terrific last there, year. There, there's, there's some percentage of people who are saying, ah, maybe they move Green somewhere else. I, I don't know. I mean, we'll, we'll have to wait and see. I guess it depends on what they sign as far as the starting pitcher is concerned. But they have essentially gone the Yankees route here with, the, with this excellent bullpen here, mixing and matching from the left and the right side. Funny, nobody knew that they were going to sign Chris Martin. The Braves are the one who announced it, so no one broke that story. And also, Chris Martin was basically predicted to go to like 25 other teams other than the Braves. So Atlanta continues to show, Joe, that they are definitely all in. But I don't think it's enough. I think they still need to make more moves. You don't add to the bullpen and do nothing else. I think more is coming for Atlanta. I hope so. I, I was I was going to ask you, do you think that they're taking this route of, oh, let's just spend a bunch of the bullpen and we can get by with all these young kids and we'll just win games in the bullpen? Because I don't think that's the I don't think that's the formula. I'm sorry. I understand that the Kansas City Royals did that once and I get it. But at the same time, I don't think you can look at that. You can look at the way the playoffs are set up at Major League Baseball now and not think that you need an anchor in that rotation. And they don't have one. Mike Soroka is a very nice young pitcher. We've talked about him a lot on the show since he won Rookie of the Year. And he was, uh, excuse me, since he was not the one vote for Rookie of the Year. Excuse right. me. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but at the same time, you need that bum garner. You need that guy at the top. You need somebody that offsets a little bit of the youngsters and doesn't put as much pressure on them. I mean, look at Garrett Cole. Look how he flourished when you put... Justin Verlander ahead of him in a rotation. Look how Max Scherzer flourished when you put Justin Verlander ahead of him in a rotation. There, there's a lot of data that suggests the best thing you could do for these young pitchers is not put the weight of the rotation on their shoulders. To let to. Some, yeah. I, I hope not. I hope no, this I isn't mean, look, like they, we're going to spend a bunch of relievers and that's where we're going to win. They're losing nonsense. 350 innings from Keuchel and Tehran. They're definitely signing a starter. Now, I don't know who it's going to be, but they will sign. This I still is think Bumgarner is their guy, don't you? Could I feel be, like that's the... That, Look, that seems geographically, it makes the most sense for him. And I know he's a big family guy, lives in North Carolina. And basically, the season ends, he goes there. The season starts, he leaves. And that's it. So uh, I would guess you are probably right. I wouldn't guarantee Bumgarner, but I would say that some starting pitcher will be added to the Braves. $1,500, Joe, here on fourth down. Real quick, the Motorola Razor is back. Remember it from 2004, the flip phone. Apparently, every, this is like a new rage. Everyone wants flip phones again. I, I don't get it, but I guess so. Not for me. So my mom is cool again. Is that what you're telling me? Yes, no. So, you know, it's funny. I saw some of these movie stars like, like oh, I have a flip phone because, you know, I don't want my, my life to be ruled by social media or my phone always going off and all these things. And I kind of respect that. Like, that's that's great. And I guess when you have millions of dollars and you can afford personal assistance to handle all the mundane things like, you know, paying your wireless bill or stuff like that. You know, I mean, I don't know if, you know, big movie stars do that kind of stuff or big rich people do those kind of things. 
But, you know, it's kind of nice to have the smartphone. It's got the reminders. It's got it's my calendar. It's my music. It's all these things. So I get it. A clamshell phone. Good for you. Like if that's that's your route, I don't begrudge anybody. There's also something called discipline where you just put your phone away or you turn it off. Or remember, like when we used to call our friend's house and they weren't home and you had to call them again later. Yeah. See, that's how that works. You know, it's it's OK to turn your phone off and have nobody get you for a couple hours. There's nothing wrong with that. Life will actually, believe it or not, go on. Yeah, it's hard to believe, but true. That's our opening drive here for this Wednesday. And we'll be right back with Waiver Wire Wednesday right after this. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Fantasy Sports Today with Craig Mish and Joe Pizzapia. Uh-oh. Guess what day it is. Guess what day it is. Huh? Anybody? It's hump day. Waiver Wire Wednesday. Put your money where your mouth is and take a shot by opening up a sports wagering account with FanDuel, New Jersey's largest sports book. Go to FanDuel.com slash grid where you'll receive a free bet of up to $500. That's a free bet of up to $500 when you open up a sports wagering account at FanDuel.com slash grid. Point spreads, game totals, props, parlays, and in-game wagering on college and pro sports, and you're in control. Go to fanduelcom slash grid. Open up your new account. Claim your free wager up to $500 today. Eligibility restrictions apply. See website for details. Got to be 21 years or older, and if you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER to get involved and get signed up with FanDuel. As uh, sports betting looks to be legal in 2020 in the state of Colorado, and Many other places and FanDuel and DraftKings available, I believe, also in Indiana now. And so wherever you are listening across the country, there is certainly an opportunity to check out all our programming over on SportsGrid TV, on Pluto TV, also on Zumo TV, and of course the Fantasy Sports Network website and check out all of our programming and all of our wagering content too. A lot of exciting stuff happening with uh, with SportsGrid. Okay, so uh, Waiver Wire Wednesday, Joe. Pretty clear cut. There was one league that ran for me last night. And I'll tell you what I ended up doing. Tried to get Jonathan Williams, but it's a horrible waiver system that one of these leagues are in, which basically says uh, waivers every week, no matter what, are in reverse order of standing. So basically, let's just keep rewarding the last place team over and over and over again. Makes well, no it's sense. competitive balance. That's that's the sense. Behind Fantastic. It. Great. So we get nothing all year long because we're good. OK, that's fair. Uh, Jonathan Williams, clearly the number one guy with a bullet. No doubt. Number one guy. Uh, Bo Scarborough, I've got at number two. Uh, Justin Gage was more of a part of Atlanta's offense. That maybe, I guess, was the name that we should have targeted last week because he was uh, way more involved than he's ever been this year with Atlanta. Uh, I want to ask you about A.J. Green. That was the move that we made last night. We added A.J. Green to a playoff team. And again, I don't think he's going to play, but what's the risk to just throw him on here? And if we get notification that he's going to play in two weeks, in week 13 of the fantasy season, and he just gets his feet under him, and then maybe you play in week 14. That was my thinking there. Uh, Defensive-wise, Joe, for the rest of the season, anybody against Washington, I can't guarantee a pick six. I can't guarantee a return for a touchdown. I can guarantee you some sacks against the Rams. <laughs> that's fair. I, I, I know that's coming. Uh, Andy Isabella from the uh, Cardinals, as the Cardinals are now out of the playoff picture. Maybe there is more of a idea to get him the ball in the last few weeks to see what he can do. Because I think that he is, I think this is it for Fitzgerald. I do not think he's coming back. And Fitz, Fitz has been great, but 
I think this is it. So you're looking at Kirk and Isabella and, and the other Johns, Keyshawn Johnson, KEE. And then uh, you'll have to dive in here on Kansas City's receiver. There's going to be somebody that we're going to want to pick up here, even though they're off for two weeks in case Hill is out. you got to take a shot here. It was weird when Hill was out the last time because one week it was Robinson, one week it was Hardman. We didn't have Watkins active at no, that Don't time. forget now, Pringle, too. Yeah, Pringles are very good. I can't just eat one. But yeah, give uh, we'll Kansas City. So so did I miss anything here and and any anything that I said pique your interest? Well, yeah. I mean, let's let's go circle back to the top here because Jonathan Williams is obviously the guy that most people are bidding on. And it does seem like there's probably at least a two week window where he's going to be viable. But I, I keep reminding everybody, if Jordan Wilkins is back at practicing and he is right now, that's another guy. If you missed out on Williams, maybe you just to get a share of this backfield, throw a buck or pick him up after waivers have run as a free agent and stash him because what if he becomes, I don't know, what if he's the guy that gets the goal line look? What if he's the, you know, and all of a sudden then maybe in week 13, you're looking at somebody that might be a valuable flex option that it costs you nothing. So I think it's smart to at least speculate on Jordan Wilkins, even more than Naeem Hines. I think Wilkins is that other guy that you monitor closely looking at the news right here. um, You know, basically they said he had a limited practice session on Tuesday. Now take that with a grain of salt because we have a game on Thursday. Sometimes, you know, they just limit guys because they don't want to burn them out because of the short week. So that's something to keep in mind. So I would definitely say if you miss out on Williams, throw a buck on Wilkins as your backup uh, pickup. And I think it'll be all right. Uh, Scarborough is this guy that we we've been talking about for a couple of days now. And the interesting thing with Scarborough is he does have the opportunity that Williams doesn't to be the guy the rest of the year, potentially. I guess the question is, how confident are you that that could become a if you had to put a percentage on? I'm not. I'm not confident. No, I'm not Uh, either. Yeah. And and the reason why is because there's one thing that separates him from others. That is a certainty. Unlike any. okay, I take it back. Unlike most RB ones and RB twos is that Bo Scarborough is not a pass catching back. He's not. He is not going to be in on third down. And I don't think it has anything to do with blocking. Uh, even you could go back to his numbers at Alabama. He doesn't catch passes out of the backfield. Right. Well, McKissick has that role, but right. I guess the, so, the question so that's is all you're looking at now is a first. Can you get a touchdown out of him? And you, you know, have I guess to. that's the question. And, and how many starting forget flex? Cause yes, he's a flex option, Joe. I can't sit here and say he's not, but how many RB ones and RB twos in fantasy football where, you know, there is a zero, well, not zero, but a very small percentage of, of chance that he's going to catch a ball. You can't say that about anyone. Like they're, they're all involved in the pass catch a game. This guy's not going to be, and his last year at Alabama wasn't really good. Uh, he he is he scored 19 touchdowns, I think, in his last two years at Bama. Why? He got the ball in the one. That's what he did. They gave him the ball in the one. They gave him the ball in the two. He scored. Yards per carry were fine with him at Bama, too. He was not very highly touted. He did not have a great combine. I think he can have a nice four or five year career in the NFL as a practice squad slash. Uh, you've got a couple guys get injury, injured type guy. But no, Joe, I am not very high on this one. I just have to say. All right. That. Well, do you like him enough this week? I guess that becomes the as, next a, question. Flex only, as a, a flex, flex only as a flex. I would not. And, and again, he would have to score a touchdown for him to give you the points you want. It, it, he, he will get his 15 carries. He will probably get his 60 yards. He will have to score a touchdown. If you're happy with six points, that's the floor. The ceiling is probably 13, 12. It's, I don't think it's more than that. I'll say this going to the AJ Green thing too. you bring up. I don't think he's going to play this year. I don't I'm kind either. of that mind. But, but why but I don't think why what you're doing is point? wrong. Yeah, well, that's that's my point is. Why not? What if he what if he does decide, you know what, I'm going to play and I'm going to go out there and I'm going to do it and we'll see what happens. And and all of a sudden you go, all right, well, oh, well, there's A.J. Green for a couple of weeks. Now, the question then becomes in that lineup where you picked up A.J. Green, who would you start 
in I guess who comes out for AJ Green in that lineup of yours? I guess that's my big question because oh, that's yeah. no, that's really that. what yeah. it's about. No, that it's not about sense. you pick him up and he plays. It's do you have the stones to start sure. him with the rookie quarterback over oh, yeah. player X Y Z? That's the deficiency on the team. That's the deficiency on the team. I'll tell you right now. Um, okay, so that let's let's just look at the playoffs, right? Because it makes no sense now. Mm-hmm. Okay, so week one of the playoffs. Here's the starting lineup: Tom Brady, mm-hmm. Christian McCaffrey, Chris Carson, Stephon Diggs, Allen Robinson. Mark and Mark Andrews, the Saints D. Oh gosh, kicker this week. Need uh, Butker, the kicker on Kansas City, and then he and then AJ Green or David Montgomery in the flex. That's it. Or Cole Beasley, Ooh. Cole Beasley too. But again, well, there, there. That's it. You nailed the guy. Okay, so Cole Beasley. Let's let's the floor of Cole Beasley, who is a nice, basically is exactly you know, eight, what he did nine last point week. Player. Yep, that's right. exactly what he did. That's last what week. he is. Or do you take the sh- the chance on Only- AJ Green? That's it. Only if he plays week 13, Joe. Only if he plays week 13. He's got to suit up in week 13. You've got to see him on the field there. I I read I did a deep, deep dive to what the Bengals writers and everyone was saying last night just before I made this move to be certain on it. And there is a small percentage of the writers and the people who cover the Bengals that are saying that Green is going to have to play in the last few games of the season even on a limited snap basis to show that he is healthy for some other team next year. A small percentage are saying that not a lot, but some are Uh, green. Also, I believe on social media after getting pounded by everyone asking if he's going to play for fantasy said, I don't care about you or something like that. I don't know. He said something along those lines. So I am with you. I would say there's probably a 10% chance he plays in a game the rest of the season, but that is worth the risk. And by the way, how about if you get past week 14 and he plays in week 14 and he catches five balls for 50 yards and you play him in week 15 and you get to that point. So I think that, that's a very small percentage. I think that is like a 10 percent chance. That maybe that's less. the scenario. Maybe no, less. and, I, and I'm not less. saying it's wrong. It's it's totally right to to do this. I think I, I think you do. You take a stab. You never know what happens and, and you hope for the best. I I'm all for that. And at the same time, I think you also have to be realistic and realize it's probably not going to be the probably thing. Not. But <laughs> but it never yeah. hurts to be proactive. And speaking of proactive, too, when you're talking about where are we looking for those Chiefs guys? I would go back to Miko Hardman because I feel like he has the best fit for that role of what Tyreek Hill does in the offense. And I think that that role is very important. And I think when you have proper uh, – he's also a guy you can get involved in in trick plays and gadget plays and stuff like that. So he's going to touch the football if Tyreek Hill's not around. And I think that's the guy that I would lean to. I don't know have you have a, a, a different voice or a different guy, but I think Harden is the guy that I would go to right away because of what he can do and his skill set and how the Chiefs like to do things in the offense. Uh, yeah, it, seem, it seems that way. What happened to that other running back that they had that I had on my roster? for The other Williams? No, a Robinson? Not Robinson. Um, man, I got, I, his name is escaping me right now. Uh, everyone drafted him at the beginning of the season. Oh, yes. Uh, my God, now his name is giving me. <laughs> uh, Darwin Thompson. Darwin, Darwin Thompson. Thank you. Oh, my him? goodness. Uh, he got buried, unfortunately. Got buried. Yeah, I, I would probably agree. I don't think Robinson, uh, Demarcus Robinson showed enough in the time that Watkins was out. So I would guess that if I had to, to rank him, by the, by the way, if Watkins is available, got to pick him up in every league. Some people don't like Watkins, and for good reason. He's very inconsistent. But Watkins has to be added. Hardman to Robinson, probably three is the way that I would do it. And then Pringle, as you mentioned earlier, is the four. So I think that we've given people some decent names. Any names that I missed here? In, uh, in no, I don't think so. It's not a great week for waiver wires. I mean, the other guy on your list, it was Isabella. And you're right. Maybe they will give him a little extra look. And and going back to the other point you made about Larry Fitzgerald, I'm kind of sad in a way for Larry Fitzgerald because I understand he just didn't want to go. 
I understand that his life in the community was very important to him. But man, I would have loved to have seen him have a, a bounce later in his career with a better team. It's just it's kind of a waste of talent in a way. He had that great run with Kurt Warner and he played with, you know, some bum quarterbacks, some decent ones, but some bums, too. And it's just kind of. I don't know. I always wonder what if with Larry Fitzgerald, if he had played his whole career with, let's say, a, a Philip Rivers type quarterback, what he would look like. Yeah, he's got 16,872 yards, I guess. Uh, let's see. Uh, so his all time, 16,872. Jerry Rice stats. OK, so he has uh, all time. Let's take a look here. Oh, 22,000. Yeah, he's got. No, yeah, that. nobody's around Jerry Rice. Yeah, no, he yeah, wouldn't have so, had that. I mean, this has got to be it. I don't think he's not. But I want to say, like, the, uh, I want to say T.O. and those guys are in the 18s or something like that. So or... he could potentially play another year. Maybe. Yeah, look, if he decides to do that, he can't be corrupted. I'm done begrudging guys for who continue to play at this point. Well, he I plays can't... well. It's not like he's a. No, he's it's fine. Just, they he's don't fine. seem to get it him just, the football. It doesn't seem a lot of point, though, here, too. Like, live your life and be healthy. All right, uh, coming up next, trust or bust fantasy football. Don't go away. DailyRoto.com. Learn from the game's best DFS players. We don't just give you premier advice. We play every day. All major sports, all year round, we never stop. Industry-leading DFS tools and custom projections. And now, the DailyRoto.com Optimizer. In minutes, build and optimize lineups for cash games and tourneys. Learn from the game's best DFS players. Join DailyRoto.com. Fantasy Sports Today with Craig Mish and Joe Pizzapia. Do you trust me? Trust. Do you trust me? Or bust. You are so busted. And welcome back as we get ready to wrap up our first hour of the show. A quick reminder that coming up in about an hour from now, it is full-time fantasy with Dr. Roto, as he will give you all the latest on the injury report on this Wednesday. Starts to become more interesting. And tomorrow, Joe and I will be back on the show with is the wrong team favored. We'll see if we can get Thursday night football game right with the Colts and Houston Texans. And we'll take a look at the college football weekend. John Lobb, as always, joins us on the show, the gridiron scholar. But some decisions that we can take an early look at in fantasy this week. And the other thing that's going to start to happen really now across the country, but more so from what I'm seeing next week, it really starts the weather conditions in the NFL. So we'll have to keep an eye on that late November, all the way through December and January for sure. But we call it trust or bust. And that's what we're going to do. So game by game, I'll pick one player from the first 10 games on the board. Maybe we'll add some tomorrow as well, but let's get started. Joe with the Miami dolphins. They're at the all of a sudden resurgent, but ugly resurgent Cleveland Browns. I, I think that's probably the best way to put it. They're winning, but winning ugly Devonte Parker of the Miami Dolphins has put himself into probably a top five wide receiver free agent conversation in the offseason. Some team is going to pay Devontae Parker, Joe, millions and millions of dollars based off the season that he's had this year. And in fact, they'll probably expect a lot more. And if Devin Funches wasn't any indication as to teams wanting to spend money on free agency, you know that this guy Parker is getting paid. But will he pay off for your fantasy team this week at the Cleveland Browns? Trust or bust? Uh, absolutely trust. You got to imagine they're going to need to score points. They don't run the football very well. Kalen Balazs' nine carries for nine yards last week is not going to get it done. We all know Mark Walton has other things to do. So um, you look at the target volume here since Vince Patrick took over. 
10, 8, 6, 10, 10. So the targets are definitely coming there ever since Fitzpatrick took over. And uh, the touchdowns, he's got two touchdowns over that same span. So it's hard not to like him. Now, granted, you can't expect the 135 he got last week, but he's basically averaging somewhere around 57, 60 yards per game and somewhere around it looks like about five catches um last time i checked that's like 11 points and if he does have that touchdown upside which you think he does have in this game why not so i say absolutely trust what say you five catches for 50 yards is the floor so yeah i think he's getting you 10 fantasy points this week there's just no other way around it with fitzpatrick parker's been great with rosen he's been a zero and i don't think rosen's seeing the field the rest of the year i don't think he's seeing an NFL field for years unless uh, injuries. I mean, Rose, Josh Rosen looks like he's a bust in the NFL. If you can't play for the Dolphins, really, no offense, but where can you play? Yeah. So, yeah, uh, Parker, I'm in. I'm in on that with you. How lucky uh, are the Cardinals, by the way, that they, they were able out to, of that? And they got out of that? One, The one trade the Dolphins made that did not work out. Like, they've got, well, you know, Minka Fitzpatrick turned out to be great, too, but uh, but the Steelers are losing, and Miami has that pick. And so if Pittsburgh goes into this tailspin, it really will work out for them. But, yeah, that part that, uh, that trade for Rosen, Miami would have just been better off. Well, the ha- fact that they were bad enough, decided, you know what, scrap it. Well, he, this is like the, the cautionary tale, right? So you went all in on the quarterback. He doesn't look good. They got out in year one, and there's the Bears still spinning their wheels with Trubisky. Yeah, true. Yeah. Yeah, no. Yeah, I, I think so. They, they could have done it. All right, uh, next up, let's go to this one. Uh, Unfortunately, I'm not as bullish here. Cole Beasley against the Denver Broncos. It is just really hard for any wide receiver to succeed against Denver. I am shocked last week, Joe, that Diggs, who did zero for weeks and zero in the first half, all of a sudden in the second half, like completely came alive. But why did the Broncos, why did Harris not stop him? I'm a little I, this week. I have Beasley and probably have to play him because there's really no choice. But what do you think about him against the Broncos? Well, it's funny because you look at the season long totals. Him and Devonte Parker are basically hand in hand. Parker's around 45 catches and 600 yards. He's at 65 catches and 450 yards. Uh, Parker's got four TDs. He's got three. So they're they're basically that same kind of player. Uh, the target volume has come back down to earth, especially since John Brown has really stepped up in these last couple of weeks and been very good. So I think Brown's the guy you have to really focus on. Uh, in fantasy. So what does that mean? It means opportunity for Beasley and you would expect some single coverage there. So I think you can start him, but it's a lowercase T uh, in full point PPR in half or standard. Uh, it gets a little trickier there because if he puts up four for 38 and no touchdown in a standard league, you know, three points, four points is not going to get it done really. So that's not a great look for him. So I say small T trust with full point PPR because I do think It'll, there will be a secondary market here for him in potential. And look, Josh Allen's played really well. He's in a very good role right now. This game is at home for them. So despite the Broncos defense being as, as highly ranked as they are, we saw last week they didn't give up a ton of points in any given time. All right, let's move on to James Washington of the Pittsburgh Steelers. As Washington, is is he the last man standing here at this point? I mean, Deontay Johnson, he's either a huge hit or a huge miss. Washington was the guy at the beginning of the year that everybody was in love with. And then when Mason Rudolph came in, not only did some people love Mason Rudolph, they loved the fact that Washington was the backup and blah, blah, blah. Okay, great. Finally, that peaked its head last week, Joe. The question is, does it continue to peak forward? They're at the Bengals. You would assume this is a good matchup. Cincinnati's defense came to play last week against Oakland. They did not against Lamar Jackson in Baltimore. So here we go. Flip a coin. James Washington at the Bengals this week. Trust or bust? Ugh, I can't trust him. I just can't. And I'm frustrated because this was a guy I was very in on. 
And then I saw Deontay Johnson start to be that guy. And I went, oh, you know what? I was wrong. It's Deontay Johnson's going to be that next guy. And then all of a sudden after that, what happens? The four for 69, six for 90, and the three for 49. So, uh, look, they are going to have the opportunity to throw the football. Mason Rudolph is less than thrilling. Uh, you know, probably if you ask me would I rather have him or Beasley, I feel like they're right neck and neck in terms of productivity. And so if I guess, like, if I gave Beasley a lowercase t of PPR, I would do the same with Washington because – If he just repeats last week against Cleveland, that's eight points in a full point PPR. Okay, it's fine. It's not great, but it's better than better than nothing. But it is a lowercase T and I do not trust him in half point PPR. And I certainly don't trust him in standard. So he's a bust there. David Montgomery. We're back again to David Montgomery against the Giants. Way too much time on him this year. But for good reason. I know he, he was. One of the most uh, he's the talk- lightning rod. He was the most one of the most talked about names in all fantasy this year. And so here we go again against the Giants. He was good. He was really not worth starting. Let's say out of 10 weeks, he was only worth starting probably three times all year long. Now he's got a matchup against the Giants. I, I cannot believe, Joe, I cannot believe. And I'll be wrong on this. And when the Super Contest picks come out um, Sunday, Joe, you can take a look at this and I'll send you a link. You're telling me the Bears are six and a half point favorites over oh, any ridiculous. game in the NFL this it's, week? It's ludicrous. I mean, I know what, the Giants what, what am I bad, missing but... here? What am I missing on this? I don't one? know. I don't. Six I don't and know. a half point favorites, the Bears over anyone? I don't care if it's the Redskins. They shouldn't be. But anyway, I'll be wrong, and the Bears will win twenty-one nothing, and I'll go. Wow, I guess that's why I was six. But a story. Uh, we'll do the lines tomorrow. Uh, Giants this week, Montgomery. Can he get you ten points in fantasy? Ugh, not without a touchdown. <laughs> and I and I think he can get a touchdown in this game. So, again, lowercase t, trust. And this is like the inverse of what we were talking about before. So, in standard, I would trust because I do think... Look, if you look at the carries, 27-14, 17-14, those are the carry volumes of an RB2 for the most point. So, I, I would imagine, you know, if you could throw in the touchdown. I know he hasn't had a touchdown in the last two games, but before that, he had three touchdowns over that those two games. So it's just all over the place. It's up and down. Giants defense is bad. I don't love them in PPR. Is that why they're six and a half point favorites? Is that I it? do not. I, that is why, but I don't think that's a good look. I, I really six don't. Six and a half? What? Well, especially because, <laughs> correct me if I'm wrong, didn't they pick off Sam Darnold once or twice in that game a couple weeks ago when they played them at home or the whatever? Bears? The, Bears? Yeah, the Jets Giants? No, the Jets Giants. Oh, game the where, Giants did. Yeah, Giants had some turnovers in that game too. Oh, I, so, oh, I think the Giants defense is definitely bottom three or four, but the Bears can't score. Bears can't score. At all. <laughs> I, I just, I don't get it. This is going to be an ugly game. What's the over-under on this one? It's not high at all. For like 35. Very low. Yeah, <laughs> no, it's, it's very low, but I, this is the the big head scratcher of the week for me, which tells me the Bears must be the pick. Kind of like two weeks ago when the Bears were playing the Lions, and we were like, oh, how could the Bears be favored over the Lions? The Lions should be in there, you know? And, and you know, Driscoll played, so we'll really never know. But, man, I this was a stunner to me this week I just after watching the Bears against the Rams I just you know man I can't over overreact to it and I guess that's the bottom line Ryan Griffin Jets tight end has been fantastic the last month and there's no Herndon coming back so that's done plays against the Raiders this week Joe Raiders defense has been excellent as well so feels a little risky but Griffin has been great he's been a starting tight end in fantasy top 10 guy for sure trust or bust this week against Oakland at home I think it's an absolute trust. I mean, how can we not? The, the one turkey game we put up a couple weeks ago was against the Giants when Herndon was active again. So I think that kind of threw a wrench into things. And then he got hurt. 
And what did he do? He bounced back this past week against Washington, caught five of those five targets for 109 to touchdown. Before that, six of his eight for 50, four of his four for 66 and two touchdowns. So the guy's getting opportunities. The guy has been very good. I mean, if you go back, actually, he has caught every one of his targets over the last since week eight. He's caught every single target. You go all the way back to week six. He's caught every single ball but one that's been thrown at him. So the guy can catch the football. The guy has touchdown upside. He has over the last six weeks, four touchdowns. So why wouldn't you give this guy a shot at tight end when especially you're missing guys this week already like Rudolph and Hunter Henry's on a bye. So absolutely. Yeah, and, trust. And, and, and I like him in, in DFS. Yeah. I like him, too. I know in the second hour we're going to talk a little DFS stuff, but yeah, I like him, too. In DFS this week is a great yeah, value. No Hooper, no Kittle. I mean, there, there's a, a lot, lot of yeah. Lot well, of yeah, no Stalker, which I know is very sad for you. Right. Yeah. No, he was Stalker has been awesome. <laughs> All right, uh, Kyle Allen at the Saints. Don't overreact. Let's just call it how it is. Uh, Allen was really good for about you know six or seven weeks. He had one really bad week. I guess this is more of a question: is is Kyle Allen going to bounce back for the last few weeks and push Carolina to the playoffs, or is he done at the Saints? Trust or bust. Well, it's funny because despite all of the picks, he did he did throw for a ton of yards. <laughs> he did throw for 325. That's his, his highest of the year. And the week before was 307, which was his highest of the year before that. So in New Orleans, you know, it's funny how the Saints are a defense that gives up big plays. So I think you trust him in a two-quarterback format. He's not a QB1. But in a two-quarterback format, I think you can run him out there this week if you have no choices. I think it's fine. If it's like him or Ryan Finley, I think i take him. If it's him or Haskins, you're going to take him. I, I think right. he's in that very bottom, like probably like that 22, 23, 24 in terms of ranking mm-hmm. with the bye. But that gets you in there in the Superflex League. So I think just barely. But how do you feel about him with this matchup? Do you think the book is just out on him? Or, you know, he does I have would, I would seven, eight, nine picks over his last four games. Yeah, I would start him. I, I, I think that people are going to be too far off of him, and uh, and the Saints can score some points. I, I like the matchup. I think he'll be, I think Kyle Allen will be okay. I don't. I, I think that he is going to be a wildly inconsistent quarterback going forward because he's gained confidence, and sometimes that works against him. It'll be a little bit of a Winston. One game good, one game bad. You just got to find those games. All right, that'll do it for hour number one. Coming up, we got the best of what we discussed in the first hour, and then we'll come back in hour number two. Uh, touch on uh, the Patriots. Could there be somebody coming back to them? Maybe, maybe not. Also, our pitcher list mock draft is coming to an end. Mine is coming to an end, finally. I'll give you some of the late-round picks that I took as Fantasy Sports Today continues after this. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Fantasy Sports Today with Craig Mish and Joe Pizzapia. Welcome back to Fantasy Sports Today. As we wrap up the first hour of the show, here's what you missed. Look early for defenses. Now, try to take advantage of some of those matchups because your bench is not nearly as important in the playoffs as, you know, at at this point in the season because most of the time we're past most of the buys. So now when you have the playoffs, you're able to actually use those secondary defenses and mix and match, and that is how you maximize those points, and that can be the difference maker. Yeah, and and by the way, for those of you who are playing in 12-team leagues with – 
teams that have had struggling quarterbacks all season long and they have checked out, as you mentioned, uh, that's another position where you can take advantage of that in week 14. And look, if you have Lamar Jackson, it doesn't matter. If you have Patrick Mahomes, it doesn't matter. But to give you a perfect example of uh, one league that I'm in with a partner and he is like, wow, like, are we going to continue to roll with Tom Brady? And I'm like, you know what? That's a really good question. And we have Winston there, too. And so I looked at the matchups. Brady's matchup this week, not great. Brady's matchup next week, not great. And then I sent him a screenshot and said, but look what we have coming up in week 14. We got the Kansas City Chiefs. So, you know, certainly the next couple of weeks we could play whoever, but we ain't going to cut this guy because we're looking at playoff matchups already. And I think that's kind of something else that you can do. Another uh, team that seems to be struggling a lot on defense that uh, that you wouldn't think normally is, is the Dallas Cowboys. They can't stop anybody on defense. And so you can start to take a look ahead to them in week 14 and the Arizona Cardinals and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And, and, and even just by stashing some of these guys, if you have some dead roster spots, there's nothing wrong with waiting on that, especially if you know for sure that you're in the fantasy football playoffs. Because at this point, that's what you're doing. You're just basically in a, a Super Bowl league every week. And that's all it is. You win 14, you win 15, you win 16, and you're done. And I think there's a lot of people out there who are hoping for that situation 